1: Time now for New Hope Radio on AM 1100 KFAX. This program is the Radio Ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, a place of healing and restoration. Now here's today's message of hope.
2: The title of my message today, we're going to be talking about the love of God and and I was just thinking about his love and thinking about all these different adjectives and all these different words that I could use and a song popped in my head that says, "This is no ordinary love." I know it's a Sade song, but this song was just in my mind, and 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 I said, L- "Lord, that's what it is. This is no ordinary love. It's an extraordinary love. It's an amazing love. It's a crazy love, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, this is no ordinary love. Is what we're going to be talking about. You know, last week we missed you guys. Um, Crystal and I took took the weekend off and we celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary last weekend. Praise the Lord. Is my wife not here? Is she, did she, she's in the back? Okay, well, I'll wait for her to come out in a second then. But uh, we had a great time. You know, we were going to really try to get away for a few days and it just didn't work out. So we went um to the river went to the Stanislaus river and just we took the whole family and just barbecued and went swimming in the river and had a really great time um, for the first hour or two at least and then stuff started there she is now I can now I can continue I don't want to talk about you behind your back so that's all no but then all of a sudden we're at the river and We're in the water, and we hear helicopters overhead, right? And there's this helicopter going up and down the river, and it's a SWAT team helicopter. And before you know it, we hear sirens, right? And there's literally SWAT teams flooding up and down the river, and they're in the place where we're at. They're parked, and there's SWAT members with ARs in their hand hiding in the bushes. And we're like, what is going on here, (laughs) right? So... We start. I think we need to pack up. I think it's time to go. So we, we talked to, to one of the police officers, and I guess there was some type of gang fight or something up the river with people on rafts and they were shooting at each other and um, they were waiting for them to float down the river. So, um, love is exciting, love is dangerous at times. But we got out of there, and um, it was a memorable. A memorable day to say the least. But I I, want to just for a moment, I want to honor my wife. And I want to just publicly tell you how much I love you, how much I appreciate you, how blessed I am that the Lord chose you and put you in my life. I'm truly blessed. Beyond words, beyond words. You know, my biological mother passed away many years ago, and we never had the, the greatest relationship. But I see you with our children, and I see the way that they love you, and I see the way that you love them. I'm like, this is how love is supposed to be. And I just want to honor her. And I tell, I tell her this all the time, and I want to just tell you this. She's the most unselfish person that I've ever met in my life. She truly is, and I just, I love her with all of my heart, so I just want to honor her her for a second. So we're going to be talking about a story today, and the Lord woke me up one morning last week with just the name of a prophet. I don't know if I was having a dream about this person or or what, but I just woke up and I just had this name of this prophet that's in the Bible on my mind and it's 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 a prophet that has a book in the Bible that I've never really studied the story too much on my own. I've heard people preach it maybe once in a while, but it's not a story that I've really just dug into. So, I just felt the Lord was leading me to to dig into the story. So, I read this Story and I read it and I read it, and, and as I reread it and reread it, I just began to see the love of God for His people come out of this story in such an amazing way. The love of God as a husband would love his bride, but a bride that isn't always faithful to his husband. And this story really represents God and his love for us, his people, even though time and time again we turn our backs on him, but his love still remains. His love is, it's beyond words, it's beyond comprehension, it's undeserving. This is what grace is, it's unmerited. We're undeserving of it, but he affords it to us anyhow. And the story that we're going to study today is the story of Hosea. The story of Hosea. And if you want, you could turn with me to your Bibles. I know we're having a little technical difficulty. We don't have the word on the screen this morning, but that's okay. We're going to turn to the book of Hosea. If you have an actual Bible, it's, if you open it up in the middle, it's a little bit more towards the end. If you open up to the book of Matthew, it's maybe about a a quarter inch back towards the middle from Matthew. Um, the book of Hosea. So this book is, it starts the, the, what we call the 12 minor prophets that, that end the Old Testament into Matthew to begin the New Testament. So Hosea is the first of what we call the 12 minor prophets. Now, I just want to say this, we call them minor prophets not because they're of any less significance or importance. We simply call them minor prophets because the books are, are much shorter, And the message in these books are more direct and more easily to be summarized. So it's not like these are the minor leagues and then Isaiah and Jeremiah, you know, they're in the major leagues and these are just the minor league prophets. They're not as important. No, they're they're very important. It's just the the books are shorter and we can summarize the message a lot better. So. The book of Hosea. And I'm gonna focus on the first three chapters this morning. I really believe in these first three chapters, it really summarizes the whole illustration of what God is is trying to communicate to his people. So because we're looking at three chapters, I'm gonna do a lot of, of of context and summarization, okay? And then we'll we'll turn to a few different verses that that I'll definitely read. But just to give you a little context here on where we're at. So the book of Hosea was written around 750 BC or so okay and Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel this was this was during a time where the kingdom of Israel was divided and there was a northern kingdom of Israel and there is a southern kingdom of Israel okay the northern kingdom of Israel was called Israel or Sumeria and the southern kingdom was Judah at the time and Hosea was actually a prophet to the northern kingdom at the same time that Isaiah was a prophet to the southern kingdom. They were contemporaries, okay? And, and just to kind of give us a little summarization of this beautiful illustration that we're going to look at, God calls Hosea to prophesy to the people of the northern kingdom. Now, the people of the northern kingdom at the time, they were experiencing much prosperity in the land. And they were experiencing much financial type of prosperity. But their hearts had turned from God. And their hearts were far from God. And God was very displeased by the conditions of their hearts. They had begun idol worship. They began worshiping Baal and setting up idols to him. And even though they were experiencing financial prosperity, possibly the financial prosperity had them forget about the one who blessed them in the first place with everything that they had. So they had turned their back from God. And the Lord raised Hosea up to give a message to his people of the northern kingdom. And the thing that's very unique about this story is that the Lord is asking Hosea to actually not only speak the message, but Hosea, I want you to live out the message that I'm about to give you. To tell my people. So the Lord asked Hosea to do some very specific things as an illustration of God. Hosea is going to represent the Lord, and he's going to ask Hosea to take a bride who's going to represent the people of Israel. And if we know, just studying the Old Testament, number one, everything is pointing towards Jesus. Okay? So we got to have that in our minds. The people of Israel, they represent us they represent us. Okay. So the Lord asked Hosea, he said, Hosea, I have a message to give to my people who have turned their back on me. I still love them. I still love them, but they've turned their back on me because they've turned their back. There's destruction up ahead on the road that they're heading down. I love them, but they're going to reap what they sow because they're committing adultery in their heart. So Hosea asked, The Lord asked Hosea to take a bride, not just any bride, live out the prophecy. I want you to take what the Bible says, a promiscuous woman or a prostitute as your bride. So let's read here in Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. I'm reading out of the NLT translation, the New Living Translation. So if you have that um, on a Bible app, you can switch over to that if not. It it, it all is saying the same thing, pretty much. Hosea chapter 1 verse 2 says this. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So the story goes on to say that Hosea goes out and he finds a woman named Gomer. A woman named Gomer. Now, if, if you're having children still, I would advise maybe against the name Gomer. It's just, yeah, I, if, if you know anybody named Gomer, I apologize. But it's just not the uh, most flattering name that we come across. But Hosea finds this woman named Gomer and, and she's a woman that is living the life. And Hosea obeys the Lord right away. I love this about the story. There's no hesitation with Hosea. Hosea is an upright man. Hosea is a righteous man. Hosea is a holy man. Hosea is a man that, that is living a life surrendered and in obedience to the Lord. And without hesitation, Hosea says, yes, Lord, if that's what you need me to do, I'm going to do it. So Hosea goes and he finds this woman named Gomer. And I could just imagine the, the interaction the first interaction between Hosea and Gomer. Maybe Hosea goes and knocks on Gomer's door and, and she opens it and she sees Hosea standing there and, and, and Hosea says, Gomer, do you know who I am? And she says, yeah, I know who you are. Do you know who I am? I know what you're all about, Hosea. I, I know you're all about living right and and following the lord and all but i don't know if you realize where you're at and who you're talking to but i i don't know how this this interaction went at first but but however it 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 transpires hosea gets to the place where he says gomer i want to love you and i want to make you my wife i want to ask for your hand in marriage and I can just imagine at first, Gomer is just like, what is this dude talking about, right? This dude is tripping. Like, are you trying to play a trick with me, Hosea? Who sent you here? No, Gomer. For real. Like, I want, I want to love you. I'm going to love you, and I want you to be my bride. And I can just see this back and forth going on to, to the point where Gomer finally realizes he's serious. This isn't a joke. This is for real. And I can imagine Gomer probably was dealt a harsh hand in life. For whatever reason, she found herself in this situation where she's just living in sin and, and doing maybe what she, only thing she knew how to do. I don't know. But she came to a place where she realized, Jose is not joking. This is real. And, and, and I, could, I could think that maybe Gomer thought that, you know what? This sounds like a pretty good deal, actually. This might be my ticket out of this life. All right, Hosea. If you're serious about it, let's give this a shot. So the story goes on. I'm summarizing here, right? The story goes on in the first chapter to say, to really um, insinuate that things are going good at first. And Hosea and Gomer, they, they, they have a child and, and the name of this child. Remember this whole story though, God is using to illustrate what is happening between him and his people. Okay. So they have a child, they have a son and the son God, the Lord instructs Hosea to name the son Jezreel. Okay. And what Jezreel is number one, Jezreel in the Hebrew, it means God plants or God sows or God scatters. But what this name is representing here is the Valley of Jezreel, which was a very fertile, beautiful valley in Israel, but had been tainted at the time by bloodshed, yes. and there were atrocities committed in this valley. There were murders committed and sin committed in this valley. So, once what, what, what once was this beautiful, lush, green, fertile valley has now been tainted yes. by the bloodshed and the sin of the people at the time. And in fact, the Kings that were on the throne in the Northern kingdom at the time, their predecessors gained the throne by committing murders in this very valley. And the Lord was very displeased with his people. So he said, I want you to name your first son Jezreel to represent the valley that was once fertile, but is now stained by sin and blood. So they go on and before you know it, they Gomer becomes pregnant again, and she gives birth now to a daughter. And the Lord instructs Hosea to name the daughter Lo-Ruhamah. Now, Ruhamah is a beautiful name. And what it means is God's love or God's mercy. But when you put the word Lo in front of this name, it's really the negative connotation now of the name. And so now what the Lord is saying is, No more mercy. Not loved. No more mercy. And what God is trying to insinuate here is he's saying, listen, because my people have chose to turn their back on me, I have to let them reap what they sow. Because I love them so much that for a moment, I'm going to remove my hand of mercy from them. So hopefully they'll get to a place where they will turn back to me. Story goes on and... Gomer becomes pregnant again. Now, many biblical scholars by this time believe that Gomer has already started back into an adulterous lifestyle. And it's very possible that the second and third, more probable at least the third child, was born out of an adulterous affair already at this time. So the third child that is born, the Lord instructs them to name lo Ami. The, the word Ami, it means my people, my people. Yes. So Lo Ami means not my people. Okay, but as we get to the end of chapter one, what the Lord is saying, he says, listen, but if my people would just turn back to me. If they'll just turn back to me, I will change the name back from Jezreel, which means that, that tainted valley, back to God plants. And I will plant my people once again in fertile ground if they would just turn back to me. Lo Ruhama, I will remove the lo from Ruhama, and once again I will love my people, and I will put my hand of mercy on my people if they'll turn back to me. Lo Ami, no longer will they not be my people; they will be my people once again. See, this is what God does in our life. God will turn things around in our life. Come on, who could testify to that? <laughs> That's what Genesis 50 verse 20 is all about, right? It's how God takes the things that were meant for evil in our life and he'll turn them around. He'll turn them around for his glory. Even the things that were birthed out of a time where you were living the life in adultery, God will turn those things around for his good, for your good, and for his glory. If you would just surrender to him and just receive his love. Amen. So what happens here at the end of chapter one is starting the the chapter two is we see that Gomer turns her back on Hosea completely. Not only does she turn her back on Hosea, but she actually abandons her children and she's just back now living her life. She's living in adultery and she's completely just submitted to a life of sin. And I want to say this in God's eyes, you guys, there's really only two paths. You got to get this. There's really only two paths. either, Either you are faithfully married to God, your husband, the one that is always faithful to you, or the other path is really that you're just living in adultery. There really is no middle ground, there's no religious singles. When it comes to how God views this, there's no, well, I'm just waiting for the right one. We're either submitted to him and we are faithfully married to him or we're living in adultery. So I want to read chapter two, verse six and seven. So again, now Gomer has completely turned her back. She's living this life. She's living in an adulterous affair. She's turned her back on her whole family. And this is what the Lord is saying now to his people. For this reason, I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall to make her lose her way. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them, but not find them. Then she will think I might as well return to my husband for I was better off with him than I am now. So what the Lord is saying is saying, listen, I love my people so much because I think some of us have experienced this in our life. I know I have where God loves us so much. Real love is never forced. God will never force you to love him. And if we get to a place where we are choosing to go in the opposite direction, God will say, fine. If that's what you want, go ahead. But as we can see here, he's saying, let her reap what she sows. But I guarantee you this, the the path is not going to be easy. The path is going to be full of thorn bushes. The path is going to be blocked. And 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 my desire is that hopefully she'll get to a place where she'll see, oh, I have no other choice but to turn back to my one true love, my husband. How many know that, man, when we choose that other path, it is never easy. Even Even before we came to a place where we knew the Lord, right? Life is just tough without him. When we're trying to live life on our own, Man, it just does not go good. Yeah, sir. So he says, let her reap what she sows. And then in verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8, I love this because really to me, this is God. He's crying out now to his people. And listen to what he says here. He says, she doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has. The grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave my gifts to Baal. God's saying, don't you realize that every good thing that you have in your life is from me? The Bible says this. The Bible says that every good and perfect thing is from the Father above, the Father of the heavenly lights. You see, we have to understand this, you guys, because what it says here it says, He says, I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave them to Baal. Baal represents the idols. See, an idol is this, you guys. An idol is anything that we put before God in our life is an idol. Anything. Anything. See, when we hear the word idol, we think of, all this negative voodoo type of stuff. No, anything that you put above God in your life is an idol. Even the very things that he blesses you with can become an idol in your life. If you put the blessing in front of the blesser, we have to make sure that we never, ever do that. That we are to honor and to worship the blesser. The blessings are great, but if we put the blessings in front of the blesser, we're turning the blessings, the very thing that God is meaning to be good in our life, to an idol, which means that those very things we can turn into a curse in our life. And I feel like today we need to de-idolize some things in our life. Not, Not necessarily things that are bad. Our job, our home, our security... Our children, our spouse, all these things can become idols if we're putting them before God. And I believe that God is saying today, he said, listen, I love to bless you. I desire to bless you, but don't put those things before me. The very one who's given you everything you have. So in verse 14 through 16, so we see what's happening with Gomer. We see that she's turned her back on Hosea. And this is, this is the love of God now. This is God's heart, his desire. This is him crying out to what he longs to do in this relationship. Even though his people have turned their back, this is now what God is saying. But this is what I want to do for you. Okay, so let me read this. It says this, but then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope.
1: Oh, that's powerful. This has been New Hope Radio, a ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship. You're invited to worship with them at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Services are held Sundays at 10 a.m. For other service times and more information, see New Hope Christian Fellowship online at nhcfonline.org. That's nhcfonline.org. Join us next week at this time for New Hope Radio here on AM 1100 KFAX.